three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. And as we are diving into Deuteronomy, the whole purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to be reading God's Word, be growing in your ability to read it well and to read it over and over and over again. It has blessed me all these years and continues to bless me. So I want to pass that on to all of you who listen, especially to my children and my grandchildren. So so we're in Deuteronomy chapter 20, talking about warfare. They're getting ready to go into these lands and take them. They're literally um, maybe a few weeks from going into battle. And Moses is telling them who is not going to be going with them. He will be dead by then, and he knows it. Uh, how to do this. So here we go, verse 1. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. Then the officer shall speak to the people, saying, Is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in a battle and another man enjoy his fruit. And is there any man who has be, who has betrothed a wife and has not taken her? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in a battle and another man take her. And the officer shall speak further to the people and say, Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellow mate, fellows melt like his own. And when the officers have finished speaking to the people, then commanders shall be appointed in the head, at the head of the people. And when you draw near to the city to fight, to fight it, offer terms of peace to it. And if it responds to you peaceably and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall be forced labor for you and shall serve you. But if it makes no peace with you, but makes war against you, then you shall besiege it. And when the Lord your God gives it into your hand, you shall put all its males to the sword. But the women and the little ones, the livestock and everything else in the city, all its spoil. You shall take as plunder for yourselves, and you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which the Lord your God has given you. Thus you shall do to all the cities that are very far from you, which are not cities of the nations here. But in the cities of these peoples that the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded, that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods. And so you sin against the Lord your God. All right, we'll stop there. That was getting long. All right, so speaking of going into the war, some very practical things here. You've got 
young men and maybe some young men that are going to have something else on their mind, like the house, the small house they just built, or the vineyard that they is getting ready to be ready for picking that's going to be ripe and they haven't had a chance to enjoy it. Or they're engaged and they really want to get married. There's another passage where they're told the first year, if a man is married for less than one year, he should, that first year, he should not go to war. So basically sticking with that, that idea that young men sometimes are distracted too much and they become a burden as well on the others who don't need a guy next to them who is distracted. And then also the cowardly. They're always going to have those, and I don't know how else to put it, they're, they're not chickens, they're, they're people, but they're cowards. And they're going to, if they're, especially if they're talking out loud about being a coward, and they're showing, they're going to cause fear to spread. Fear can spread pretty quickly. So they're weeding out those that are going to be a burden on an army that is going into combat, the combat, the hand-to-hand combat that they're going to do. And so it's very wise, and every nation seems to have to learn these lessons, and some have to learn them over and over again. War is very destructive, and you need men out front that are going to do it. They're going to defend each other, and they're going to be destructive toward the enemy. They are going to destroy the enemy. That's what God is calling them to do. And it's also interesting how he gives them clear direction on any city they're going to go to to offer peace, except for these first ones that you're going to go. These people are to be annihilated because of how they have totally rebelled against God. And so you think about our culture today and how we have such a rebellion against God here in America. It's like, well, I wonder what's going to happen. And if my hope was not in Christ Jesus, I think I would be really worried. But my hope is in Christ Jesus, and so I'm not worried. But, well, I am a little bit. I must admit, I am a little bit. My faith sometimes falters or fails me. And but I know who is on his throne and I know that he has this. So be of good cheer. This too shall pass. God is faithful to the end. And that's it for today. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.